in plant pots. I don't know if anyone's seen them recently. There's little shoots coming out. So this is one that's not grown massively, but is growing. And there's one that's got proper, proper shoots. Are they daffodils? Yeah, daffodils. Uh, <laughs> Wes looks panicked. Um, um, so we haven't shown them for a while, and we kept saying we must make sure we keep you up to date with how they're growing. So I'm just going to quickly today, and it's going to be quite a short kind of, uh, uh, not so much a sermon, but an introduction really, to think about <clears throat> how we grow. And one of the things that strikes me is that we all grow at different rates. Those two plants are quite different, aren't they? Excuse me. One is growing, it's definitely growing because you can see the green shoots coming through, but the other one looks like it's perhaps flourishing a bit more, it's growing at a faster rate. They were both planted on the same day, in the same soil, and they're receiving the same water. So that's something about them internally, as a, as a bulb, how they're growing. Because the environment that they're in, if the kids were still in here, and the kids that are doing science at school, um, you know, the environment can change how things grow. But the environment for those two plants is exactly the same. Or is it? Maybe one's getting slightly more rain in the tree out there. Maybe one's getting slightly more sun. What looks like it's the same sometimes isn't. Um, but, you know, sometimes I think when we look at growth, we do one thing, and I do one thing, is comparing ourselves to other people. And what we look at at that plant is to go, oh, I really want to be the one that's growing really fast and big and tall and strong but I feel like the little one that's just got some green shoots. And sometimes I find it quite hard to even see the green shoots. And I feel inadequate, and I feel like I'm not growing at the rate that I need to be growing at. And we do that in our lives, I think. We compare ourselves to other people. We do it at work, we do it at home. We look at other people, perhaps their family looks much more together. Perhaps they look like their job is better. They enjoy their job more. Perhaps at work you think there are people that do their job better than you do. It's not great for us as, as humans to, to do that and to compare ourselves in that way. Because what we're taking is a human standard and trying to compare ourselves human to human. And really what we need to do is to be going back to where Wes preached before, which is about recognizing that the judgment and how we judge ourselves really needs to swap to being what God says about us. Are we swapping mics? No. There's a bit of interference on this, so thanks, Sam. Um, we do compare ourselves to other people, don't we? And actually what we want to do is to go back to God and say, what do you say about me? Because when we look ourselves, we see flaws all the time. I don't know about you, but when I look at myself, I very seldom will think about the positive things first. If you ask me to write a list to describe myself, I will probably tell you about my flaws before I'll tell you anything else. Is that fair for everyone? Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's, it's that self-depreciation and that self-analysis uh, that is quite a negative thing. So then I thought, okay, well, let's look at the Bible and see if we can then, instead of, you know, comparing yourself to God is quite difficult because, like, he's amazing and perfect, and it makes us feel so far away from that standard. We know Jesus was perfect when he came and how he lived and it feels like it's almost unattainable. But let's look at some people in the Bible and see who got it right and who maybe struggled a bit. So we've got the story um, in the Old Testament of Jacob and Esau. 
So Esau, if you remember, didn't get it very right. He sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. So basically he said, I'm hungry, I want to eat, I'm going to do that thing, and I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm going to give up what I need here and now for the future. Uh, what I need right now is more important to me than the future ahead of me. He focused on what would benefit him right then instead of his eternal future. And he didn't do it once, he did it twice. He did it later on when he chose his wives as well. And this is a guy who's living in the moment, just taking the here and now and going, yep, yep, that looks good, I'm going to do it. But forgetting the bigger picture. I don't know about you, but I do that sometimes. I see the here and now. I think probably I do that more when I'm in a difficult situation. I think it's easier to almost panic and want a solution and to, to fix something right now rather than looking at the bigger picture. I can link to Esau. I think there is a time where you sometimes take a quick fix without thinking about the consequences. We can do it in our, our emotional lives. We can do it in our finances. You know, the reason that companies like payday loan companies exist is for people who want to fix the here and now and not worry too much about next month or next year. And then you get hammered with, you know, APR interest percentages of 1,200% or, you know, something ridiculous. But it's because you're trying to fix a here and now problem. Thank you. Seamless. <coughs> But I think we do that in our spiritual lives as well. I think sometimes we focus on what it feels like right now, what's, what's the, the moment rather than the bigger picture. And I'll just encourage us today to continue to look ahead of the here and now, ahead of the situation you're in. Maybe you find it difficult to write a praise card today because actually you're finding it really tough to praise God because you're really struggling. I'd encourage you to lift your eyes and perhaps look at some of the verses that are on the other table today, which are about how amazing God is, how eternal God is. He's bigger than your situation. He's bigger than your circumstances. And maybe it's time to, to pop across and get uh, some of the prayer team to, to pray for you. So I went on to another character in the Bible and I looked at Jacob. What do you think? Did Jacob get it right? No, no. Jacob was greedy. He wanted to take his brother's birthright so that he'd get two portions of his father's inheritance. He was dissatisfied with his lot. He was, felt quite self-entitled, you could imagine. He felt like he was due more than he was getting. And he took advantage of his brother's situation to benefit himself. He put his own desires above doing things the right way. He wanted a good thing. But he went about it totally, totally the wrong way. Something you want, something you really desire. I don't know, again, I can probably relate to Jacob. You really want something you think God's, perhaps we think God's got it for you, but actually it's not happening. And perhaps we take things into our own hands sometimes and try and fix it ourselves rather than waiting on God to open opportunities. Maybe you want a new job and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and you try and fix it yourself and you end up in a bad job that isn't good for you and if you'd waited actually around the corner was the job that God had for you so I can definitely relate relate to him sometimes we take it into our own hands and instead of seeking God for the answers and waiting on his timing we fix it ourselves 
So I can relate to both those things. I think you can become distracted by the here and now. You can focus on the short-term things, forgetting eternal. You can know and want the right thing, but go about it the wrong way. And you can start with the right attitude, but it gets a bit mixed up on the way. And that for me is about staying accountable to someone, making sure people around you, in church, in your life group, in your family, know where you're at. And they can check your attitudes and just point you in the right direction back to God sometimes. But remember, the bulbs that we've got here are like us. They're not yet daffodils, fully flourishing. All right? So this is not a moment to think, yeah, I'm really like Jacob. It's to say, I am quite like Jacob, but I'm growing And I want God to help me to become that daffodil and fully flourished. Nice yellow, I assume they are, or white. A mixture. (laughs) The mixed colors of daffodils we're going to have. Um, But we're all still growing. And don't compare yourself to the person next to you, nor compare yourself to people that you think have got it all sorted because we stand out the front and preach. Or we stand out the front and lead worship or do kids everybody's growing all of us that's the thing we have in common and some of us sometimes feel like the tiny shoots and sometimes you feel a bit stronger and then I challenged myself and I went back into the Bible and I looked at the story of the man called Stephen in the New Testament wow it's quite hard to compare yourself to Stephen it says a few things about Stephen he developed into a man I'm going to stop there he developed into a man who's going to do these things I tell you about in a minute He developed into that man, all right? He didn't start as the man he became. He grew and he developed and he became the things that I'm going to tell you now. That's where we're at. We're all in that position. So whilst you might not recognize the next bit, we're still growing and we're still developing. He developed into a man of good repute, so a good reputation. He was full of the spirit. He was full of wisdom, full of grace and full of power. He was filled with the word. He was a defender of the faith. He argued against the Jewish leaders and he preached the gospel. And in the end of the story, rather sadly, Stephen loses his life for the things he believed in. But you know what? You look at those things and you think, oh, I don't feel full of faith. I don't feel full of wisdom. Maybe I don't know the Bible as well as I should. Maybe I don't feel like if there was a, a, a court of law today and I had to defend the Christian faith, Oh, I couldn't, couldn't do that. We're not meant to be Stephen, though, are we? We're meant to do some of those things in our own lives, in our own sphere of influence with people that we know and we connect with, with our families, our friends, people at the bus stop or on the train to work. We're not called, unless anyone has a particular calling, to go to the Houses of Parliament and defend Christianity. That's something that's somebody else's calling, I imagine. But we are called to serve Jesus in our lives, in our everyday, ordinary lives, to take the gospel, to try our, our, you know, to work with Jesus, to be full of the spirit, full of the word, full of wisdom, to be of good repute. So that we hope in the end, when other people look at us, they do say those things about us. They do say, perhaps of horizon, horizon's a place of good repute. I hope they say that now, but I'd love to hear that really verbally talked about. People in the council have definitely talked about Horizon in that light before. You know, we want to be a church that shines for our community to show Jesus to them. We want to be a place of good repute. Do we want to be a place full of the Spirit? Absolutely. 
We want to be a place full of wisdom and of God's word. Do you know what, folks? It starts with us. It starts with us getting connected with God and growing from wherever your start point is. If you're the little green shoots, amazing, because you're growing. If you're flourishing, amazing, you're growing faster. That's not relevant whether you're the, the small shoot or the large one. And, you know, I reviewed myself in light of these people, and I can see probably a lot more of Jacob and Esau than I can of Stephen in myself. Perhaps you can connect with some of those. And for me, particularly, that notion of arguing for the faith in a massive public arena just sounds terrifying. And maybe my Bible knowledge isn't good enough to feel like I could do that. That would be really challenging for me to quite quickly have Bible verses that would defend the faith and say to people, you know, Jesus came for this and for this. I, I, that's, that's not, that's not, that wouldn't be comfortable for me. He doesn't call me to do that, does he? He doesn't, that, that's not where I'm planted to be. I'm planted to be in Horizon with my group of friends, with my family, at St. George's Hospital. People, the people I have contact with, that's where I'm called and to connect with them and to be full of the spirit and of wisdom to be able to help them see Jesus through me. And so my encouragement to you today is that also the same spirit that was working in and through Stephen, doing those amazing things, miracles, works of power, full of grace, the same spirit is here today. The same spirit is available to us because when Jesus died and rose again, he sent down the Holy Spirit to be with us. So a short encouragement really, don't compare yourselves to other people. Go back to Jesus and see where am I going? Where am I at? Where have I come from? Let Jesus be the center of where you move and where you grow. Don't compare yourself to others. And don't be down on yourself when you look at the Bible and you see these people attaining these lofty achievements. Remember it said Stephen developed into the man who did all these things. We're all still on that path. So then I want to kind of move on really from that and think how do we do a little kind of sense check of where we're at how do we do a little uh, uh, summary of where we're at personally how do I look and think I need to grow more in that area I, I definitely struggle with that well we can just sit and talk about it we can perhaps read some books about it um, and there's lots of different ways of course we should pray and ask God where is it that you'd like me to to grow in this season Am I the small shoot? How do I get to be the big shoot? Do you even want me to be the big shoot? Or actually, are you growing me slowly and carefully so that I'm rich and full of all the things that you've put in me? You can challenge yourself and think, do I trade time with God for the snooze button on the phone in the morning? I definitely do that. Do I trade time with God for watching telly, for going out with friends, for doing sport, for doing things that are perhaps good things? Perhaps you've got a hobby that you really enjoy, but actually you're ending up trading time with God. Do I go after good things, but not in a way that's godly? Or do I do things that's detrimental to others, or to my faith, or how others see my faith? Does personal time or reading the Bible seem like a chore and hard work? Am I allowing the fruits of the Spirit to grow and develop in my life? So there's lots of ways you can ask those questions of yourself. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, let a person examine himself. There's another section that's quite clear about examining yourself in light of God, not in light of other people. 
So I've picked an activity for us today. It's a bit of a different day. Um, and this is only one way that you might approach looking at your current position and your growth as a Christian. I found an online resource that goes through different aspects of the spiritual life and gives you some questions to answer and think about and prayerfully consider where you're at. And so today I've picked out the one that's on spiritual maturity. And there are 10 questions. We're going to pass these round. There are 10 questions, and I'd ask that you prayerfully consider an honest answer because it's only for you. No one at the leadership team is going to see it. I don't care if you're scoring low or high. That's not our business. It's your business with God. Scoring whether you find these things, uh, whether you do them often or always or never. And it's only one aspect of this. And it's only one way of doing it. And it's not a tick box. Well, it is a tick box because you have to put a score. But actually, the results of it, if you score 50 out of 50, I'm doing these things always, and I'm so close to Jesus. We're like that. Well, my question is, what next then? What else has God got for you? If, you, if you're not honest in this, it, the only person that will disadvantage will be you. All right. So it's a chance for you to prayerfully consider. We're going to give you some time now to do it. If you'd like to also take it away and do it personally at home. So there's two sides to the page. One is the questions and the score from never to always, one to five. There's then a little web chart on the back where you can plot where you are from zero to 50. And then there's a chance for you to write an idea and prayerfully consider it something that you want to improve. So a commitment today, once you've done those things, to identify one of them that you want to improve, that you want to grow in, and to write it down and take it home. It's only for you. This is your piece of paper. You can do as, it, as, you, as you wish. But we want to encourage you as a leadership team to look at some of these things and to think prayerfully, where am I growing? How does God want me to grow more or in the future? So we're going to have some time now with some music on in the background for you to fill these in. We're going to pass them round. Um, we're also going to make sure the prayer team are available in this next section as well. So you can either sit and fill these in. You can go speak to the prayer team if you've got particular prayer requests. Or you could perhaps want some reflective time to just sit and think about your personal growth and what I've said this morning. So Father, we just give this next time to you, Lord. We pray that you will continue to be with us, Lord. I pray that as people read and think about what I've said, Lord, they think about you and they think about areas of their lives that you are challenging them to grow in. Lord, we thank you because you are always growing us and you're making us more and more like you. We want to offer a horizon to be more and more like the church you've called it to be. We want to grow like Tim talked about, not just in number, but in growth of the people and their faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
hope that you um, you found that useful and kind of ch I find it challenging. Well, I ain't showing you my scores. <laughs> Julia, don't worry, don't need to see them; they're fine. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we got this. Uh, there's another uh, bit more of a substantial version of what we just did here. So if you want to take away and go for a bit more detail, um, then please do do that. Um, but I really like what Jill was saying, like we're all on that journey. And we talked about, like this had some really practical things we could do, like you know, putting in daily prayer times or readings. And we talked last week about fasting, and we could be fasting and, and doing those things regularly in our prayer, in our prayer life and relationship with God and, and be doing things to start moving forward. So one of the, it's like going to the gym, isn't it? Sometimes you feel like you have to be fit to go to the gym so you look good in the gym. But then that's counterproductive because you're never fit, so you never go to the gym. And, you know, we can start praying and, and start that journey now. We don't have to be that strong, that daffodil that's grown all the way. We can start and just do that process of growing. And um, I think it's worth saying, I mean, I remember when I, got, when I first got married, um, I learned about love languages and all that sort of stuff. And I always tell Astrid that she has all the love languages, like she wants all of them. Um, but the reality is she likes some things like thoughtful gifts and... Um, and my t and time as well, but like not like thoughtful time, not just time like watching TV together, but like doing something special. And she's amazing at doing like cool birthday ideas. And she'll remember something I mentioned in like 2013, and she'll buy it, and then it'll be really, it'll be really cheap but really personal. And she'll write a note on it, and then wrap it in this really amazing. And it's and it's beautiful. And I get it. I'm like, oh, it's so nice. I'm never gonna be able to do that for your birthday. And um, and uh, and it, and sometimes when I'm doing things that the, like a new thing for me, like showing, expressing love in a different way, it feels forced and it feels unnatural. And like, I'm like writing like this emotional kind of card and I'm like, it's not really my way of saying love things. I'm like, I won't say what I say, I'll go like, do, you know, love you lots, that kind of stuff. And at the time, it's, it's so beneficial for our relationship because it, it's a way of me expressing love to Astrid that she really really resonates with her and over time I've got better at it because I need to do that in order to you know I'm still getting better at it don't tell her Wes is really good at doing these things because she might disagree with you but um, but it is unnatural it can feel unnatural and so for some of you today like going home and doing a bible study might feel super unnatural really forced if you're expecting to go home and read your bible and have like divine lights come through the house and and things happen sometimes it's just about doing these things to, to create you know, spiritually good habits like disciplines um, that help us learn and connect to God in different ways. And sometimes it might feel like you're forcing it, but it's really important because it helps that relationship grow. Um, so I just wanted to say that and encourage you when you go home today and do that, you're, you're doing a journey. All of us feel the same. You know, we're all doing that. And, 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 and also, we've got the prayer team praying, so go, people go and pray with them. But um, let's talk about those things together. I say every time I speak about things, let's talk, let's chat, let's be, but we're a family, and these are important fundamentals in our faith, praying, time of God, in our relationship, and we're not expecting everyone to handle it by themselves, we're meant, that's why we're together, we're here to corporately tackle those issues and, and live life together, you know, not be superficial, but let's be supernatural together, that was a good phrase, oh. thank you, um, <laughs> So, and the other, the other thing to say is, and this is a this is, is a plug for a new for a new team, 
on the 1st of March, we're doing the, the prayer team a meeting, right? And if you find it difficult to, to pray, then come to the prayer team. The prayer team is not designed for like Olympic athlete tr- prayers who are like elite praying people who come out and they sound eloquent and they do things. The prayer team is there to help pray, pray for the area and grow in prayer. And the reason why we, we need a prayer team is because our church, this church, we all here need to grow in prayer. That's why we have a prayer team because we need that to happen. So if you'll find it difficult to pray and by yourself, come to the prayer meeting on the 1st of March and join a bunch of people who are trying to grow in prayer together and grow a church in prayer and speak to God together. Straight off the service. Straight off the service. So Sunday the 1st of March, straight off the service, we're having our first prayer team meeting and we're going to talk about what it is and how we're going to do it. But I think it's a good thing to, to talk about in this setting. Um, but that's all for now. Do fill out the tree, look at these things, read these things, talk to someone, grab one of these booklets, come to the prayer meeting, do all those things. There's loads of things that we can do following this meeting. I don't want you to go home today having taken something on board and then just leave it. Let's do it now. Talk to someone today. Talk to Viv or me about the prayer team. Talk to Hazel and Viv about some prayer requests. Come and grab one of these. Come and talk to someone today. Do it now. Don't leave it to tomorrow when it's the new day and it's not as important to you. So go and do it today. Um, we're also going to have tea and coffee, um, some biscuits. Um, but I'm just going to close in prayer and then we'll go into that, okay? God, we just we thank you, Lord, just for, um, for the grace that you give us that we just don't understand. And just for the, the radical relationship that you have offering to us, Lord, that we so often turn away from and prioritize other things in front of you. And Lord, I pray that as we look at these um, scores that we've given and like a number against how often we do things and how often we prioritize you and, and we pray to you and we do different things, Lord, I pray that each one of us here can leave feeling challenged but encouraged to go and make a difference to be challenged but want to grow our relationship with you God and I pray that that this day and this week can be a foundational starting point where we actually sit and we look at how we serve you how we build our relationship with you God and I pray that you can help us all grow grow in the way that you want us to grow in the things you want us to do Lord as part of the body of Christ God but I pray that we can all go home and start praying more reading more about you learning more about you and growing our relationship with you Lord and becoming Um, a closer, more loving, faithful, bold servant to you, God, I pray. Amen. Let's have some tea and coffee. But do these things.